Hi, this is Betsy Beers, and we are back with Shondaland Revealed, the official podcast for my favorite night of the week, TGIT, because you guys, we're back. We're back. TGIT. Who's that Who is with that? me? Who's that frisky voice on the other side of the sofa? I'm back, and even better than me being back, because gosh knows this is not the exciting part, Tony Goldwyn's with me. You guys, it's Tony Goldwyn who plays Fitz. Hi, guys. On Scandal. That's me. Which is back. Yep, we're back. Okay, so before we started talking to you all, um, we were just saying how much I missed the cast and the crew of Scandal because you guys had a bit of a hiatus this fall. Yeah. There was more creative time for everybody to keep working and kind of come up with great stories. And the weirdest thing is I'm really, really used to having all y'all around. And we have really fun at the table reads and we see you. And Tony, you and I got to see each other a little bit because there were a couple of events, but I was like starving for water at the last event where you guys all were, where I was just sort of like touching everybody going, oh, thank God. I know. Isn't it funny? Like you think this sort of like family thing is is a cliche. It's not. It makes people want to gag and be it's like, gross. oh yeah, right. Come on, it's your job. But we, we um, and maybe we should be gagging, but it really was like being separated from like your best place, the people you, you love hanging out with all the time. It's true. So having three months off this season, because we shot so people don't know, we filmed the first five episodes in August and September. Yeah. And then we took three months off. Way before the election. Yeah, way before the election. Like this was conceived in the summer. Yeah. So it was conceived probably like May and June, right? Yeah. And then um, we shot it end of July through September. Uh, I'm really so curious to see how people are reacting react to, to this. this. If yeah. It's just like crazy entertainment. If they're uh, appalled, shocked, angry, um, just can't wait to see what happens next. What was your reaction when you first read the script? Oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> That's I, I was like, she did not go there. But she did, of course, because she's Shonda Rhimes. But I thought, wow, that's bold and crazy. And I mean, the thing for me, I remember, because I knew, obviously, I kind of knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And y'all, sometimes I don't on this show, as you know, because the writers are working up to the last minute. And very often when we go to the table read, I try not to read the script until the table read, because I feel like it brings more energy to, because I genuinely don't know what's happening right. next. And I'll have a general sense. But I mean, when that happens... In the first act, Frankie Vargas is shot. It is one of the most, with the exception of when Fitz got shot in season two, which was also just, I mean, that's mind-boggling because you're so invested in the character. And Frankie, who's so idealistic and so incredible, the whole episode is so upsetting. Abby having to show up at the White House and this hideous choice that Fitz has to make, which is like, I can't tell anybody, I can't let the widow out of the hospital until I make a decision as to what to do next. I mean, that is horrible. And the whole thing that I never understood, which is if the Electoral College hasn't actually voted you in, what the hell happens? And I think during this past election... We heard a lot about that. We heard a lot about that. And I thought, Shonda and the writers like were thinking about all this stuff before any real election happened. I know that's what really blows me away. I kept going to like cocktail parties and being like, an expert in this stuff. That's one of the things that's always knocked me out about the way that our writers work is, you know, they sit in a room and they, as Shonda was, I think, describing it when we were talking about how crazy this all was, that they kind of go, what's the crazy, let's look at what's happening. And they're very well informed about what's going on in the world. And then they say, okay, let's see, what is the craziest thing that could happen that would never happen, but like, if we just go there and they follow these threads and not infrequently, they get it right. She created Hollis Doyle, which who, who, seemed it, like a satire on Trump, 
But in fact, Hollis Doyle existed way before Trump was even, people even thought he would ever run for office. And Edward wait. Snowden, a year before Edward Snowden, we had, what was his name in season two, the, the guy who stole the NSA secrets? Oh, but I'm I totally I want to say Earl Redenbacher, but that was, that's the popcorn. <laughs> anyway, but a guy who stole NSA secrets and, you know, because, uh, and released yeah. information about a secret spying program where the U.S. government was spying on its citizens. Artie Hornbacher, that's it. I wasn't too far up. Orville, Orville Renbacher, Artie, Artie Hornbacher, that was really good. Well, and a nice pitch for some delicious popcorn, you all. <laughs> just keep that in mind, because who doesn't like just to pop up Scandal, a little bit of Orville? sponsored by Orville Redenbacher <laughs> or Artie Hornbacher popcorn. <laughs> Come on, quick. We eat popcorn all the time at Scandal. Where's the integration? The product I think integration? we should have on the Shondaland site now, like Artie Hornbacher popcorn I think that's, for sale. I think that's a great idea. The reality of all this is crazy, and the fact that the writers are so good at actually strangely predicting the craziest thing that could happen, and then it happens. And they also just on a regular basis, love to dig a big hole, get into it, dump the dirt on top, mm -hmm. and then have to get out, which is terrifying to me, but they do it every season. So Right. It's what keeps our show alive. I mean, you know, we're now in season six, and I, I believe you guys are going to feel this way when you watch these first several episodes. I know I do. The show just keeps refreshing itself, going in new directions, trying new things, shifting structure, digging deeper into the characters. And the fact that I think our writers are willing to paint themselves into corners without knowing how they're going to get out, or as you said, bury themselves in a ditch, uh, is what keeps it exciting to watch. And somehow, I always feel like the characters continue to make sense. Like, I look at how far Fitz has come, and you start and you think, okay, Fitz started in the pilot. It's this guy who is like totally obsessed with this woman who is a relatively new president. When I look at this august sort of like statesman that Fitz has become through all of these things and the kidnapping of Olivia and the like crazy ball stuff that's gone on with Melly and murder just of his son. murder of his son and like taking out a Supreme Court judge just so we're remembering things. You had to bring that up. I... Everybody always brings that up. I mean, you make one mistake and you just can't live it down. And actually it was not a mistake because he did it for the good of the country. And actually for that's true. His, his own. I love you, Betsy Pierce. <laughs> you did. It's like very important. But I look and go, every single thing that's happened feels, and the relationship right now with Liv to me seems absolutely appropriate for where you are in your character. And yeah. it just amazes me that these twists and turns continue, but they never drive the character. The character continues to sort of drive them. Yeah, that's is... the thing about Scandal. I mean, the characters really drive the show. Um, you know, and I guess that's become more common in television now with, you know, over the past several years, and it's why TV's gotten so good, I think. Um, but there's no reverse engineering this show. I think what's so typical of a lot of more conventional, particularly in broadcast network shows, when something's successful, there tends to be, you know, let's lay out the plot and go figure out where are we going, where do we want to end up, so now let's back into that. How do we get there? In certain kinds of shows, that can be very entertaining. You know what you're going to get, and there's some comfort and entertainment value in that. And a show like Scandal is the opposite. The plots are really complicated, but because the characters are driving it, I think that Shonda and, and our writers are just constantly discovering the show for themselves as if the characters are telling them where to go. No, it's true. And Cyrus, what the heck is going on Yeah, that's on what there? people have to look forward to, I think. I mean, talking, looking ahead is what, you know, the next several episodes are going to be. We really, really have a chance this season to dig into individual characters and I think it's so cool because we're six years in now and the audience is really invested in all of us and you really get to know people in ways you, you haven't gotten to know them yet. And that's a really cool thing. And again, Shonda not sticking to the tried and true structure, but really kind of trying to push it to another level. Well, when you think about the show now, it's not about 
cases at all. No, this, it's all intermingled, isn't it? it it's always some, sometimes none. you have cases, sometimes you don't. And but certainly this episode, there's no room. There's a ton going on, and I think we'll see as we go on. I can't say how many cases you guys are all going to hear, but I, I can tell you that. I think moving forward, as Tony's saying, we're going to have a few episodes that concentrate from the point of view of different characters, which we've done in the past, but I think there's a real, there's a sort of more of a concentration in a few ways this season on that, which is going to be great. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about answering some questions from the 45 pages of questions I have here I of like fan questions it. that Bring it on. everyone loves you questions? By the way, I haven't commented on Tony's attire today. Tony? I noticed that, Betsy. You know, I've started, because you're the only podcast that I've ever I don't think I've ever heard one where you always talk about people are wearing, so it makes me feel like I need to dress up. For well, you. you did. You look you look very nice. But, you know, it came from this idea that you can hear what I'm saying, but it's like if you describe food, if I was doing a podcast about food, I'd describe what I, right. but I like to describe what the setting looks like, because mm-hmm. then at least people can kind of picture you as Absolutely. opposed to seeing you behind the presidential desk with a pen or something. Right. Um, you're wearing a nice, really lovely blue, not too dark a blue. Sort of gray blue, right? Gray blue, button-down shirt, and some really nice jeans, and brown... Sort of wingtip. Yeah, kind of wingtippy. But casual. But they're casual wingtips. And just for the record, Tony's always beautifully attired. Tony in a t-shirt is beautifully attired. Which is my normal garb. We all love the t-shirts. Okay, (laughs) so I got that in, and I am wearing... Can I describe what you're wearing? Please. A lovely gray, speckled with black, but really a gray cashmere sweater. It's probably got food on it, but that's okay. I don't think you've hidden the food well. I have. A lovely cashmere scarf that you have. A lot of cashmere. In Parisian fashion, wrapped around <laughs> your neck. Some very attractive gray jeans uh-huh. that go with your sweater and some black groovy boots. See you guys? That's just looking good. The today. truth comes out. I mm-hmm. didn't even say that I was wearing my little Bo Peep outfit. See, it didn't, I didn't actually. <laughs> Normally, it's but he, he speak the truth. That is exactly accurate. I think we both look awesome, Tony. We kind of do. We kind of do. We're sort of color coordinated, too. We kind of did. Nice. I'm so glad we communicated yeah. before the podcast. Yeah. Okay, so Fontina at 20 Theophilia wants to know, what character has the storyline that shocked you the most this season so far? Cyrus. I would have to agree with that. Although, wait do you see what happens with Papa Pope. That's true. Although Given Cyrus... The episode I directed, but I don't know where it's going, so... Oh, yeah, you um, guys, Tony directed the hell out of this episode, which is coming up, which is the It's fifth, a really good, the fifth, fifth one. Episode. It'll be the sixth. Sixth episode. Because we flipped the order. We, we did some funky, yeah. funky movements yeah. of um, episode numbers. Jeno at Jen Odom Auth wants to know... Oh, she says, yay! Yay! yay. Um, what's been the biggest wardrobe change since you've been back? Well, let, let's take for a myself. Or, well, I guess I think, the biggest one is for Carrie Washington. Well, she's, if you notice, her purses have gotten smaller, and <laughs> she's right. wearing less voluminous capes. That's right. You'll notice a, a rapid change yeah. in her stylistic tendencies. Yeah, for me, my wardrobe really does not change. I mean, I wear blue suits and blue ties typically, <laughs> uh, often with blue shirts. I'll have like three wardrobe changes in the day, and it's just a different blue suit <laughs> with a different blue tie. He's consistent. Mm-hmm. K-Dubs at Queen Pompeo's... Pomps Okay, Slayo. so K-Dubs at fans. Queen Pompsleo wants to know, have you done any recent push-up competitions with Scott lately? Actually, no. Okay. When did we do a push-up competition? Did we do one in the show? I blanked it out of my memory. I don't know, but maybe there's an idea that that's what you guys do sometimes. Can I just share? Please. We that's don't. what this is for. Okay. <laughs> we don't. And if Scott wanted to, I would say no. 
I'd be like, come on, dude. What Let's you, go get a beer. Because you know the most painful thing about Scott Foley is watching him put cookies down or food down as soon as he realizes he has to take a shirt yeah, off. Poor guy. We'll be at a table read and it's now ritualistic that he'll have a mouthful of food and he'll turn the page <laughs> and all of a sudden he'll spit the food out and be like, dude, so eat your freaking food. This is ridiculous. Lana at Lana wants to know which of your directed episodes is your favorite? It may be the one I just did that, as we mentioned, well, episode number six uh, this season, which really focuses on Papa Pope. I think it's a really interesting, great, crazy-ass episode. And you've also had a but couple I've had of... some really good ones. I, I've, I've loved the ones, I think. You've also had a couple of episodes which, and I don't remember if it was originally this way or sometimes the directors will change and we will move you because mm -hmm. you're very flexible and lovely about that. But you've directed some episodes where you are in them a crap ton. Yeah, the first two or three I did, I was in almost the entire Like episode. they were all about fits and lift. So this one I'm, I'm not in at all. Yeah, the first one I did, I think it was the would... first one in the second season, I had a big love scene Oh my God, Olivia. it was a cluster fritz. So that was kind of crazy, directing myself in a love scene with Carrie, what who is that mercilessly like? teases me. How do you do that? It was really weird. Can I tell you a funny story? Please. And you can edit it out if it's inappropriate. I like Sean to understand what I'm intending to do, right? She doesn't really care about all the details. She's like, just don't, just make it great. But this love scene was the reunion of Fitz and Olivia after a long time oh, apart. And it was like a big thing. And so, and it was quite an elaborate sex scene, honestly. So we're sitting in the room with Zahir, our writer, <laughs> and I said, like, can I just describe to you what I'm thinking? And I start to describe the sex scene that I'm intending to shoot. And I'm kind of jumping around the room going, well, then we'll go here and that, and then this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And Shonda, she's backing into her chair more and more and more, and finally she says, you have to stop talking. I can't take this anymore. She got so embarrassed by me. And Zahir was doing the same thing. He's like slinking down there, just shrinking because they couldn't handle it. And I realized I was sort of talking about myself. It was just... Uh, that's so complicated. It was so... It was really funny. Uh, <laughs> And I was just trying to be a dutiful director, but it's a very weird thing. Well, you did an amazing job on that episode because I remember kind of being like, I don't know how you like were in two places at once, which is pretty yeah. much the way you have to be when you do that. Yep. Fontini at 23 Ophelia wants to know what title would you give to Fitz's memoir? That's a cool question. I would <laughs> pound of flesh. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> that. That's a. It's an optimistic it's one, right? Optimistic. It's sort of like cheery and. I know exactly. It's uh, that wouldn't be the one that would sell well. I think we'd have to come up with, you know, Pound of Flesh. Yeah. I think that'd be Fitz's title that the publisher would force him to change. That's exactly right. Yeah. He would probably call his like State of My Union. State of State of My Unions. And State of My Unions. <laughs> there we go. Come on, you guys. That's <laughs> there. There you go, Fontini. We did the best we could on that one. Um, LD wants to know at LD. Has, how has Fitz grown since season one? Wow, Fitz has grown a lot. That's also a great question. Um, I think that in season one, Fitz was kind of rampantly idealistic. Uh, he was desperately in love with Olivia and believed that he was uh, totally committed to the notion that he and Olivia together could transcend all of the darkness, uh, both within our system and in his past and in her past, and that they were the solution uh, and that they would sort of ride on their white horses in their white hats against, against all odds. He also believed that uh, he could use the presidency to sort of cleanse his, himself and his legacy of his father's misdeeds. 
uh, it was his opportunity to be a great man and to kind of defeat the, the memory of the dark memory of his father. You know, as we found out things of like <laughs> shooting down an airplane and things like that, um, that Fitz unwittingly had to do. None of that seems to have worked out very well. No! After eight, almost eight years in office, he, you know, his, his actions are never tempered by reality. And he's very pragmatic right now, determined to leave a legacy that makes sense and to kind of steer the ship of state in a, in a direction that's going to be right and good for the country. He's under no illusions about himself. And I think he's embraced a dark, flawed parts of himself that he would have, you know, never really wanted to look at. And now he's kind of accepted and still determined to leave a positive mark. Okay, there, there are a number of questions which sort of revolve around what happens when Fitz is out of office. Mm -hmm. Vermont comes up a fair amount here, mm -hmm. interestingly enough. Um, from Peyton and Miss Peyton Callie, Christina at Gladiator Swift, he says, do you think Fitz will have any regrets when he leaves office? Sora at Golden Gold Mermaid XO wants to know, what do you think Fitz looks forward to after leaving office? Well, to answer a couple of those questions, in terms of the regrets, that's an interesting one. I think um, as president, I think probably his biggest regret is the war in West Angola. While he never would have wanted Olivia to be killed, the consequences of that, I think, are something he won't, you know, it's, gonna be, it's tough for him to live with. Also, on a personal level, he beats himself up a lot about forcing Olivia to move into the White House because he knows that that scared her away and she ran for the mm -hmm. hills. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think he's able to let go of that. But he moves on. He's a grown-up. In terms of how he sees himself afterwards, Vermont is somehow very much associated with Olivia. So that lives in the world of fantasy that either will be something he clings on to or something that torments him. And, I, and I'm not sure which it is. It probably swings back and forth for him. Fitz is a guy who I think probably needs a bit of a break, but has always intended to use his ex-presidency in a very significant way to have a, a significant positive impact on the world. Fitz really wants to be a great man. That's what he's always wanted to be and do good in the world. He leads with his heart, and that's what he's always wanted, even though he's... <laughs> failed in many ways. But we'll just have to see because Shonda may have something very different in mind. Um, and finally, there's a rumor around apparently that Lizzie at Liz Criola wants to have a UN. Are you going to be on stage on Broadway soon? No. Okay, you heard it here first, you guys. He's not going to be on Broadway. I, uh, while during our break, which I told you about, uh, I, I'm developing a Broadway musical that I'm directing. There you go. Um, but that won't, I won't act in that and that probably won't be on Broadway for at least another year. I mean, it also depends on what's happening with Scandal in terms of schedule. But yeah, so if there was rumors about me being doing something on Broadway, that might have been what was out in the ether. And finally, Gladiator Sara at Intense Dreamer wants to know, if you could star in any TV show airing right now apart from Scandal, what would it be? I, I've just watched Goliath, which I really liked a lot. Was, oh, I haven't seen that. It's really fun, and the cast is amazing, and Billy Bob Thornton is great in it. That would be really fun. There you go. Thank you so much, Tony Goldwyn, for driving all the way across town to um, spend part of your day describing my sweater. I super appreciate it. It was so fun, <laughs> as always. I just want Please. to say, we're in season six, and you guys remain the most incredible and incredibly loyal right? fans. And uh, it's a really interesting thing to go through the sort of arc of a, of a, of a popular television series, because at first you're sort of the new kid in town and no one knows who you are and you're sort of the, the the dark horse and then you break through and you're like the hot thing and everyone's talking about you and it's cool to like you and then you get a few years in and now we're really feeling what it means to have people who really are with us on this ride and are really into it and um, you guys your interest has and your engagement has never flagged and right? uh, it means a lot to us and so thank you. I could not agree with it. He said it very, very well because he did in that presidential stentorian way, which makes it a lot <laughs> more effective. But 
Yeah, you guys are awesome. And God bless you and God bless the United States of America. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and all you who've been listening to a podcast before podcasts were chic, by the way, kind of right? forefront right? next week on TGIT, um, which is Thursday, February 2nd. You're going to get a new episode of Grey's Anatomy, which is called Jukebox Hero. And we, we have somebody new on Grey's Anatomy, and it's going to be really, really fun to watch what they do and how people react, because let's just say it's not going to be smooth sailing, because nothing ever is on Grey's Anatomy. That's 8 to 9.01 p.m. on Thursday at ABC. Scandal is called Hardball, and all I can say is this last episode you watch is a hard act to follow, but this one follows it just fine. For real. And there's some real shockers in this one, so buckle your seatbelt, pee before it starts. And don't move. That would be my recommendation. Stock up on supplies. Okay. Just sit in front of the television and watch it. Nine o'clock And Thursday. we will be live tweeting. And they'll be live tweeting. Ten o'clock, a brand new How to Get Away with Murder. That's called Not Everything's About Annalise. Although, honestly, everything really is about Annalise. So I think it's a kind of weird title. But as you know, those titles are always somewhere in the show. So that's the fun. Find the title of the show, this one. And it's a great episode. 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock on Thursday, ABC. You don't want to miss any of it. So plan ahead to watch live. Invite your friends and family over. It's really fun. Now, thanks to EW for posting this exclusive first listen of the podcast, EW.com. Thank you so much. And thank you all once again for listening, and especially those who subscribe to the podcast at iTunes.com backslash Shondaland. I'm going to be back with another podcast in two weeks because we're doing them every two weeks now so that you guys have a break, which is nice to have a break. So you can do something else with your life like laundry or something. Go to the grocery store. And we're going to be back with another very special guest from one of our TGIT shows. This is Betsy Beers. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Bye-bye.